protect your downside by making sure whatever you invest in cash flows at 2008 and 2009 price levels. Before we get into today's episode, are you a fix and flipper who needs some money? Do you need to maybe do more deals and you're limited by the funds you have available? Well then, Fund That Flip, today's best ever sponsor, has a solution for you. And you know Fund That Flip, right? Your loyal best ever listener, the founder, Matt Rodak, he's been on the show multiple times and they have been a previous sponsor and they love working with the best ever listeners and they provide short-term fix and flip loans to experienced investors. They've got an online platform, makes the entire process super easy and you can get funded in as few as seven days. So if you're looking for a reliable funding partner, go to fundthatflip.com and mention that, well, you heard about it on the Best Ever Show. Best Ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any fluff with us today. Lynn Giancola. How you doing, Lynn? I'm doing great, Joe. Thanks so much for having me on. Well, my pleasure. Nice to have you on the show. And a little bit about Len. He is the owner and president of several successful corporations, including Success Beach. And he is, well, he's built a home building company. He's done vacation rentals and he has done various other things as an entrepreneur. Lynn, with that being said, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Absolutely. Thank you. I grew up in New York City and I did the traditional path of go to college, get a good corporate job and start saving for my 401k. And luckily enough, I was blessed to rise through the ranks pretty quickly and became the youngest managing director for my firm on Wall Street at an early age. And by the time I was in my early 30s, I was making seven figures a year, but wasn't fulfilled and figured if I'm making that much, how much are they making? And I wanted to almost be selfish in a way and, and go make that money for myself and my family. So I moved our family down to Florida with no plan about 12 years ago and basically became a serial entrepreneur. So I created a category called the revolving door theory, if you will. And basically we were the only company in the state of Florida to have retail real estate, property management, vacation rentals, and custom home building under one roof at that time. And it was a revolving door of leads, which basically just people would buy a lot from our real estate company, build with me, and then put it in our vacation rental program. And it was just a nice revolving door of leads. So kind of feel like we created a little category in our niche here in Northeast Florida. And since then, it's just branched into a whole bunch of different opportunities that I guess we can discuss as we go forward. Wow. I see what you did there. And that's really interesting as far as the revolving door thing, because you're serving the customer in every step of the process and you're helping them out along the way where they buy and or they build and they put the vacation rental in your portfolio for you to manage. What type of business right now is generating the most income for you? That would definitely be the vacation rental business. Our company, Cinnamon Beach Vacations, in Palm Coast, Florida, we manage about 75 high-end properties on the ocean. Cinnamon Beach is a unique community on the ocean with amenities, so it's a nice little destination for people who haven't heard about it. Many people haven't, but the people who have come back year after year, and it's been wonderful. Plus, I own several of those properties, and I've built 
probably over 25 of them. So it's become an annuity for my family, for sure. Is it profitable or lucrative because you originally built them and now you manage them? Or is it for other reasons? No, it's lucrative because we collect a 25% management fee from all Mm -hmm. of our owners. And I also own some of the properties myself. So it's a double hit for me personally because I get income from the management company and then on my own for my own properties as well. What are some ways that you've improved your process on management since you started? The reason we've been successful is because we didn't try to get too big too fast. So we literally started with one property. I never put a dollar into the business. We started with one property and got a reservation the first day and used that money to build a website because the reservation was several months out. We actually used that money to build a website and start marketing a little bit locally. And instead of trying to attack the 800-pound gorilla in the area, we decided instead to create a niche as a family-owned property management company that really cares about your property, not just about every last dollar of renting it to anyone on the internet. We actually create a relationship with our guests and have that concierge feel as opposed to just a factory feel. And that's been a huge, huge boon for our business. We've grown at the minimum 30% per year for the last seven years, and we've had a record year this year as well. What's an example of having a concierge fill versus a factory fill? A factory fill would be just anyone books on the internet, take any booking that comes in and just worry about the bottom line dollar and that's all you care about. Instead, our staff creates a relationship with each guest. We actually speak to each guest on the phone, create that family atmosphere. When they check in, we actually go see them, make sure they're okay. We have a human being go welcome them and actually make them feel like they're on a special vacation. And that has given us the ability to have repeat guests at a high rate and our reviews just blow away the competition as far as the condition of our properties and just a special feel that these people have on their vacation. Mm. Do you do anything in particular while they're staying there after your staff member initially meets them that is different? We give them five different phone numbers. We give them a phone number to our maintenance person, our property management relationship expert, our salesperson for possibly a repeat booking while they're there because they're already in that vacation euphoria, which is a great time to capture a repeat Mm. booking. And then we also, the owner of the company, like myself, will then touch base with them as well to make sure everything's going okay. Is there anything else we can do for you? Would you like any recommendations for activities in the area? All of that stuff is provided to them as well. I was writing these down. Salesperson, maintenance, owner, who are the other two? Maintenance person, like a relationship expert, a uh-huh. salesperson to try and get a repeat booking, and then the actual owner of the company just to make them feel like they're the most special guests we ever had and we treat each guest that way. Got it. Okay. So uh, you've taken it to another level and really put emphasis on customer service. Was that intentional? Yes, that was intentional because there was a larger company already sort of ingrained in the area. And they're more of the factory feel and they do well on their own, but we wanted to create our own little niche. I don't want to have a thousand properties under management. I like the amount we have. We'll go up a little bit each year. That's all I want. I don't want to be a big giant monster. We find that there's a law of diminishing returns after a certain number of properties. So we want to keep it right at that peak performance level. Mm. Have you purchased any properties from your clients who like their vacation rental, but want to sell it for whatever reason? Yes, actually, I've done that over the last 
probably seven to 10 years. So after the market started recovering, I've been doing that a lot. I either have flipped those to other investors or I've kept some for myself for a while. I can give you some numbers on it. Yeah, please. One we did last year. Last year we did one which was great. The owner of the house was unable to sell their house because they had never rented it before. So they didn't have a vacation rental track record. So it was not attractive to investors because of that. So we jumped in and made them a lowball offer. We purchased the property at $600,000. I'll use round numbers to make it simple. Yep. $600,000 with 100% financing. So we never put a dollar out of our pocket. No skin in the game. We rented it for four months, grossed about $35,000 and listed it for sale and sold in one day for $715,000. So... <laughs> Basically free money. <laughs> and the way you do that is you have to create a proof of concept to an investor. When they see a house that has never been used in that fashion before, they don't believe it can happen if they're not familiar with the industry. So we then prove that to them. We have something on paper where we can show them proof and then it becomes that much more attractive. Mm, the investor who's purchasing it from you? Correct. Uh, okay. I asked that question because I thought based on what you said earlier, the revolving door approach, I figured you'd also be getting leads from your current client base when they want to sell and you'd be hopping on that and finding a way to make money on that too. That's exactly what I'm talking about as well. So that was just one example. And then remember, we sold it to the investor and then now we manage the property. Right. Okay? Yeah. That's number one. And then I've done it in the past the way that you're asking, which is Maybe someone just has to get out of a property for whatever reason. Can I get that at an opportunistic price level for me to just keep in my own portfolio? Yes, I've done that as well. Mm -hmm. Why vacation rentals over apartments, office, retail, regular single family homes? Good question. I get it a lot. And a lot of people aren't really big on vacation rentals compared to the others. The reason I like it, I live locally. I have an intangible factor that's important to me, and that's experiences with my family and usage. So I've owned plenty of single family rentals in lesser areas that you can't use that you're almost not even proud of. These are higher end properties. I'm proud of it. I can have my own events at these homes, which I'm doing several events in the fall for my other companies where they actually house some of our clients. So that's another revenue stream and an experience stream that I place a lot of value on. And mm -hmm. our family uses it as a beach house as well. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. When I mention Airbnb, what comes to mind for you as a vacation rental owner? I personally do not like Airbnb in our market because I find that the quality of inquiry from that source is not high. We prefer VRBO and HomeAway and our own website has produced better and more qualified leads for the type of properties we have. Airbnb, so far our experience, I know it's very popular across the world, but in our experience in our little niche, it has not produced quality clientele. Mm -hmm. Your properties are more high-end, therefore you're looking for a higher price point than perhaps the Airbnb shoppers. Yeah, they rent from 2000 to 7000 a week, our properties. All right. So when you have a customer who comes and rents a $5,000 a week house and they leave, how do you stay in touch with them, if at all, after they leave? We have an email campaign. So we have different groups that we sit up and we use constant contact. So we just follow up with them weekly. We do two different things. We send out certain email streams or campaigns to people who have inquired and not booked with us and then repeat guests. 
So we have two different email campaigns that we send to keep in touch with all of those people that have shown interest and or stayed with us. What's the flow or what would I expect to receive from a it adds value to my life standpoint if I haven't booked and I'm in the stream? If you haven't booked? Yeah, if I've never booked with you. It's similar, but yet different. So we'll send them specials on last minute bookings, upcoming events, and then we'll do the same for people that stayed with us. We'll give them a discount just because they stayed with us on any stay they want to have with us in the future. So we kind of show them specials and show them new properties. Hey, before we release this new property, we just signed this one up. We want to give you first crack because you've had interest before or you stayed with us before. So we make it different, but it's the same message. Based on your experience in multiple areas of real estate, primarily, you know, we focused our time on vacation rentals and the management of them. What is your best advice ever for real estate investors? My best advice ever is protect your downside by making sure whatever you invest in cash flows at 2008 and 2009 price levels. And how do you do that with vacation rentals? I do it because when I acquire a property, I don't buy anything at retail. I almost use what you were referring to earlier. I know when people in my niche, I know a lot of the owners. I know when some people are having some financial issues or they need to get out of a property. And I generally try to pounce on those opportunities to either help them get out of the property, but also get it at a discount for helping them. And then I will purchase stuff at a discount. I will build at my own cost and I will manage at my own cost. So I know that I'm going to cash flow even if 2008 happens again. We haven't even talked about the building aspect. Your background from what you described wasn't swinging a hammer if you're the youngest managing director at your company. And I know that it's quite a honor and quite a, an accomplishment on Wall Street for sure. So how did you set up a construction company where you're building homes when you weren't doing that professionally before? My end of Wall Street was in sales and client relations. So I used those skills and came down here and I became the face of the company and handled all the client relations and sales. And I made sure that I hired the best people in the field to actually build the houses. I'm not the guy to put two pieces of wood together. I'm the guy to build the business and make sure the clients are happy and provide a nice product. But I have people in the field that actually do the day to day. How do you do quality assurance in that scenario? It was easy for me because coming from New York, where, as you can tell, I talk fast, I walk fast, everything I do is fast. Down in Florida, everything's much more laid back and the complacency level is high. So I came down here and I used my skill set and my background of being a fast-talking New Yorker to be different. So I was different than Billy Bob Builder down here. I was a city guy who just cracked the whip a little more and was a perfectionist. And most of the people in Florida that came to be my clients were transplants from bigger cities and they appreciated that and it allowed my company to soar. Mm. What's one example or one way that you've, maybe a process you implemented with builders and with your team members to help mitigate the risk? Because building something from the ground up, there's risk as with any type of investment, but I'd say more risk than other type of investing. So what's one way you've mitigated that risk? As far as what type of risk are you talking about? Liability risk? It not happening. When you buy something and the building not being built properly, maybe the permits aren't pulled properly, time delays, running over budget, that sort of stuff. 
I was completely hands-on with those processes. And I made sure that my subcontractors and my crew did not get paid until the job was done. So I don't pay people up front and then hope they show up. If you don't show up, you don't get paid and you get fired. So that's the kind of person I am. You either perform or you're gone. And that's the way I ran the business. And I never once had an issue. I never once was behind schedule. The only time we were is if, if it was a weather event, but that's it. Otherwise, we were spot on throughout our whole career. And I actually shut down the building company a year ago and retired from that. We built about 70 homes and it was an amazing ride. Speaking of weather, hurricanes, insurance, how much does it cost per house to insure? Nothing. About 1200 to $2,200 per year. It's nice because the area that we're in has a very high dune built in between the ocean and the community. And they don't consider it a flood zone, believe it or not, even though it's literally right on the ocean. Wow. (laughs) There's a dune dune walkover, so we're not in the flood zone A, I believe it's called the bad one. I forget which one it is. We're actually in X, which is the good one. And (laughs) the cost is much lower. Huh, okay. Anything that we haven't talked about as it relates to your real estate background and experience that you think it'd be interesting to talk about? I pride myself on doing the vacation rentals because not very many people have been successful at it. Mm -hmm. I enjoy the vacation rental the most. So that's my number one focus right now. Property management, even with $5,000 a week clientele, it can be a bit painstaking, I imagine, when you're managing properties because you're coordinating a lot of stuff. So how do you do it while maintaining sanity and having a high quality of life? You're only as good as the team that you have around you. So we have a small but efficient team and our team each knows their roles and they perform their role at a high level. And I really don't have to spend very much time per week worrying about that. The other nice thing about vacation rentals is if you do have one of those guests that are a pain in the you know what, right. they're, gone, they're gone in a week. So I don't have to deal with them for the whole year. So occasionally you will get the nitpicky guest and they're gone in a few days. So it's not really a stressful type thing where if I knew they were in one of my homes for a year and they were just constant nitpicking. Mm -hmm. How many vacation home rentals did you say you oversee? About 75, I believe. I don't know the exact number. 75 is, yeah. Okay. So about 75. And talk to us about your team. How do you have it structured? All the roles I'm going to say each back each other up. So if okay. anyone's off or if anyone's busy, we have a sales executive, we have two maintenance gentlemen, we have a relationship expert, and we have a head of housekeeping. And then they oversee everyone under those particular avenues. Got it. So do all of those individuals report up to you or is there someone else? They report to me. Okay. So the two maintenance guys report directly to you, the sales executive, et cetera. They all report to you. Yeah, they self-manage themselves pretty well, so I'm very lucky, but at some point it gets to me, correct. Okay. You ready for the best ever lightning round? I am ready, Jam. All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. You want to get better at negotiating real estate? Well, how about, do you want to get better at negotiating real estate for free? Even better, right? Well, go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Fund That Flip, today's sponsor, has partnered with best-selling author Jay Scott to provide you with a free chapter from Jay's new book on negotiating real estate. I've read the book. Lots of good real-world case studies sprinkled in there, too. I love it when they do that. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever to download your free copy of the chapter today. 
The Target Market Insights Podcast is just that, a show solely dedicated to help you learn about target markets through the people successfully shaping them. The show features professionals who work directly with the audience and market you want to connect with in real estate. Listen and subscribe today at targetmarketinsights.com. That's targetmarketinsights.com. Best ever book you've read. Relentless by Tim Grover. Incredible motivation. You feel like you want to run through a brick wall. If that doesn't get you going, I'm not sure you're alive. <laughs> what did you do, if anything, after reading the book that you applied to your business? It literally just made me want to get better and better. So each year as I accomplish more, it's never enough. And that doesn't mean I'm not satisfied. I'm very satisfied with my life, but I always want more. And not in a greedy way, in an abundance way. Best ever deal you've done? One of my rental houses, I call it the Infinity Return. I bought the land, built the home, furnished it, added a pool for $500,000. It appraised for eight hundred. dollars I took the five hundred dollars out, so I have no skin in the game. It makes six figures per year. My carry cost is $40,000 a year. That's a free $60,000 plus per year for the rest of my life. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction? Mistake I made was chasing retail pricing in 2007 before I knew what I know now. And that's why I mentioned the advice earlier as far as protecting your downside. Mm -hmm. What's the best ever way you like to give back? I am a huge proponent of giving back to the vets and kids. So Make-A-Wish, St. Jude's, teaching and mentoring kids. My daughters and I just released the Family Financial Freedom video series on Success Beach platform, successbeach.com. You can see the first video for free. And it's basically teaching families how to become financially free. And we have spoken for free many times. Temple University, Whistler, Canada. We just love trying to teach other families to attain some of the stuff that we have. How can the best ever listeners get in touch with you or learn more about your company? They can email me at info at successbeach.com or they can follow us on Facebook on our Success Beach page for daily free content. Or if they're interested in that video series, they can go to successbeach.com and get the first video for free and see if they like it. Well, and thank you for talking about your unique business model. I love the category that you called the revolving door approach where you have an opportunity to add value and be profitable every step of the way with the vacation rentals, whether it's the retail side or property management, actually renting them out or building them. And then the numbers on a deal, the 600K purchase, 100% financing, and proving the business model since it had never been rented and then selling it for over $100,000 to someone once the business model is proven and then the best ever advice, protect the downside by making sure we cash flow at 2008 levels when we buy a property. Lots of lessons learned. Thanks for being on the show. Hope you have the best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Jeff. The Target Market Insights Podcast is just that, a show solely dedicated to help you learn about target markets through the people successfully shaping them. The show features professionals who work directly with the audience and market you want to connect with in real estate. Listen and subscribe today at targetmarketinsights.com. That's targetmarketinsights.com.